All right, we're live. Painkiller Nearly, episode 61. A little less pre-show than we normally do. Yeah, getting right into it. Yeah. We got the debate coming up, as you mentioned. We, we started to talking that. about stuff that I normally I'm screaming, save it for the show. But it's just us. So I thought, start the show. Um, also, like he said, the debates are coming up. And I'm looking forward to them almost like I do a movie release. Like, ah, oh, this is the time. This is the What's thing. What's that bitch going to say? What's she going to say? <laughs> there's, there's, of course, Hillary. And what's she going to say and do, right? Like, I haven't seen. All right. Taking a step back, Bernie Sanders is so issue focused, right? If you could be like, you know, do you believe this woman wears pantsuits everywhere? She's stuck in the 90s. He'll, he'll respond with, you know, the middle class hasn't had a wage increase in 15 years. Like, it, he is issues, issues, issues. People take personal jabs at him. He talks about issues. This guy is so issues driven. Normally, like, everyone wants to be issues driven, but, uh, you know, you get drugged into the mudslinging. You get drugged into the underworld of politics very easily. Yeah, and and I feel and it's effective. You know, like yes. mudslinging works for people. But it's he's ninety percent of politics. The issues are almost never the forefront of a political election. At least not they're 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 often not the deciding factors as they should be. It's often mudslinging that, or you know, a, a key phrase in a debate or some bullshit like that. That that zingers. You know, yeah, zingers that 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 determine presidents, right. congressmen, all that shit. Who won the debate? Well, he had the horse and buggy line, and that really got him. And he had the um, was what did Trump say? The memorable thing. Oh, that's more energy. I like it. Right? You know, they it, it's the zingers. And but so I'm really interested in seeing a debate in which Bernie Sanders participates. I feel like. If you don't play his game, this is me guessing going into it. I could talk forever. If you don't play his game, then you're going to look like you're not serious. You know, if you sit there and say, I'm a hero or whatever, he'll be like, let's talk about the issues. Do you know that the rich are doing this? You know, and Bernie Sanders. So I don't line up with all of all of his positions. Um, but what I will say is that he's the most <clears throat> honorable guy in the race. Right. Even if I prefer biden i can't tell you what it is about biden and i have no examples of it but i bet that at some point in his long proud political career he's made a compromise because sometimes you know you have to do one bad to do two good you know mm -hmm. like it sometimes that's the thing um but bernie i just don't see that him as you know i he is the most honorable guy in the race on either side. And if he wins, I don't think I'll like everything he does, but I'll know that he's doing what he thinks is best. Whereas, like, fucking W. I was like, he should be tried for war crimes. He really should. He lied us into a war. He fucking lied us into a war. Right? I don't... He... They cherry-picked the intelligence. Now that the, now scores posted, you know? When they acted like, oh, there was overwhelming intelligence, it was a failure of intelligence, a failure of this. Horseshit, right? Like that, that shit about yellow cake and them getting nuclear bombs, they knew it wasn't true when they were telling it to but you. But who's they? Like, like Bush. I, like Bush, Bush made the Rumsfeld, decision. yeah. But how... I, I, I don't see the proof there that he knew these things and Gosh. that he understood them. Uh, what I what I can imagine could very easily have happened is that maybe Rumsfeld and Cheney were were chomping at the bit for this thing and they pushed him into it. I'm not saying Bush is a guy, is a nice guy, but I could see where he could have been talked into this thing or manipulated into this thing 
I just don't know what he what he knew and when. I don't think any of us any of us really will ever. I, um, but the war was definitely wrong. We see that now. The, the war is what what spawned ISIS. That's that's what that whole mess is about over there. That's what if we don't take Saddam Hussein out, Vladimir Putin isn't uh, Putin isn't in the Middle East right now. Where it's it's a it's a it's all dominoes one after another. It's all interconnected. It's all and, the same thing. And by the way, so right now they have a secular leader in Syria, right? Apparently, the guy running this thing is kind of a friend. Am I am I getting this right of the U.S.? You have Assad. Yeah, no, he's, no, I have it wrong. So he's not a friend of the U.S. But he is a secular leader. He's not a Muslim crazy person. If I shit, I'm not probably speaking out of turn. I thought I was reading up on it. Well, I, was. I I think uh, they're all Muslim crazy people over there. I mean, I mean, he is running that regime that sort of is wiping out that huge segment of the population. I'm not taking any sides over there. They all seem like they're... Uh, I don't think there's any sides to be taken over there. Although we just dropped, what... How much ammunition was it I read that we dropped? It was like 100,000 pounds, so 50 tons. Yeah, 50 tons was the way the article was written. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that won't get just, shot uh, at us at one point. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Oh, it, 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 it's happening all the time. You see those guys in those Toyota vehicles. Mm -hmm. They're all... They're, everyone's using the same guns and ammo over there now, is what I, uh, from what I've read. Like, they have American rifles. They have... Uh, they're shooting American ammunition. Um, on both sides. It's, it's such a big clusterfuck <laughs> now because so many of those groups can be bought like mercenaries and so many of those groups get just completely taken over. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe we drop this 50,000, uh, uh, 50 tons of ammunition today and tomorrow that someone just comes in there and takes it all away from them. That you can know, easily happen. There's people in Denmark right now who are happy living a good standard of living, not engaged in all these wars. And Syria's not like, fuck Denmark! Look at all they have! How come we don't have it? Because they're not in there fucking shit up. I like, don't think, I mean... Let's try well, not breaking stuff in the Middle East for a little bit. Just sounds crazy, but let's give that a go. Let's try not ruining things. You gotta break some stuff. You, <sighs> you gotta... We have to keep our partnerships intact, and people have to still respect us. But we've been breaking the wrong stuff for a long time. It's so hard right. to break the right stuff. It, it is hard to you break, thought we break did the it, right uh, stuff. I mean, everyone thought we did it in Afghanistan, right? Rambo 3 was about that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it was about the brave Mujahideen in, in yeah. Afghanistan. And, and, the gallant uh, people of Afghanistan. <laughs> so... Um, Anyway, the debates are tonight, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. And even though Bernie, I don't think, today he's not my number one choice. He's totally honorable, and I, I so look forward to that. And then there's another guy, Jim Webb, who I looked up. Like, I, I know Jim Webb, and I forget what I know him from, like whether it was a scandal or whatever. I do remember his exchange with the president. Do you remember that, Jim Webb? Mm -hmm. um, so no, Bush know. during the Iraq War. So Okay, taking a step back. Jim Webb had a son that served in Iraq. And Bush okay. came up to him and said, hey, how's your boy doing? And he said, I'd really like to get him out of Iraq, Mr. President. And he says, that's not what I asked you. I asked you how he's doing. And he says, well, that's between my boy and me. And um, it's not the kind of exchange you usually give to a president. It was a little bit contentious. Uh, but then McCain did that too. You know, M McCain did the same sort of thing where he was like, my kids are in Iraq. Don't say bring it on, you fucking jackass. You know, like, uh, stop asking them to kill our kids. And, uh, but that's just a gaffe. I feel like if Biden or Obama were to commit that same gaffe, maybe I'd be more forgiving. And I'm trying to be less biased than I am. But, um, 
anyway, let's get to the let's get to the main topic here. The fact that <laughs> Amelia Clark has been named the the sexiest woman alive. I think it was the Esquire magazine. I believe it was Esquire. Stupid right, fucks. So, yeah. All right, so, all right, sexy is about being sexual. It's it's not just about about being pretty. There's a big difference. Snow White is not sexy. Okay. She is she is a Snow White. That's what this chick is. She's very pretty. She's got a wonderful body. Yeah, she's very pretty. You don't you wouldn't admit to her being very pretty. No, okay. She's very pretty, right? I, I guess I can give that. But I don't think that she's Hollywood pretty. I, I she's you know, if you go to Penn State, you will find a thousand hotter girls than her. I think she's Hollywood pretty. She fits right in with the rest of them. None, they're all about as hot as she is. The problem here is this is it's sexiness. We're, it's not a beauty contest. It's sexiness. It was a sexiness contest. And she is not sexy. Her comment, she, she, if anything, she seems frigid to me and like, uh, and, and uh, against things that are outright sexual and titillating and dirty. Sasha Gray is sexy. Sasha, Sasha, Sasha Gray should have been the sexiest woman alive. Um, she's sexy. This chick A prime Angelina Jolie is sexy, right? Like, yeah. you know, like, remember she had like those lesbian scenes in the movie and stuff like that. Um, Angelina, like, sexiest woman alive. You should say, oh, I want to fuck that. I think, right? um, what's her name? Uh, Halle Berry, I think, might have won that once. She's very sexy, I feel like. like a, remember that scene in uh, Swordfish where she's, mm. she's in the bikini? I think she's hotter when she's in the, her like, lingerie than when she's topless a few scenes uh, earlier. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot of women In are. any case, she doesn't deserve it. It's absurd to make her the sexiest woman alive. All those comments she's made about how, like, oh, I, f I just feel like the nudity can be suggested, and I, I feel like it's, it's uh, when I hear, when I see all this over-sexualized stuff, it just makes me cringe. Oh, are That's you cringing at over-sexualizing stuff? Because she'd fucking faint if she saw my browser history. Uh, I think it's a travesty. Uh, I think it's, uh, I, I, I also heard that Bruce Jenner... Um, <laughs> can, can I it, interrupt? It equal yeah. Did you see that guy come at 1,200 frames per second on the PKA subreddit? I didn't click it. Oh, uh, um, I did. I, I took it a step further. I, I clicked imagine. it, and then in the comments, yeah, right, because I'm so gay. In the comments, there were like three or four more videos at different frames per second. And one of them, uh, I don't know, see a doctor or something, dude, because your sperm travels like half an inch. That was weak shit. You got yeah. prostate issues, my friend. Mm. Gotta squeeze those muscles. That's, a, that's a, maybe yeah. some Kegel exercises or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so wait, wait, what were we just we were talking about? Uh, uh, Amelia Clark not being sexy. She's not sexy. That's it's she's just not. She's certainly not the sexiest woman of life. Oh, I was going to mention that. Uh, I, I is it is it ESPN that's having the Man of the Year contest or whatever, and uh, apparently got leaked that Caitlyn Jenner is going to win Woman of the Year or something like that. Let me let me confirm this that it's ESPN or an ESPY award. Or and something, this is a stolen joke, is. but it confirms that men are even better at being women than women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, she did win something from the ESPYs or whatever. Yes. But this is Glamour magazine uh, is reportedly naming Caitlyn Jenner, Jenner Woman of the Year. Um, I, no. She's all right. So first of all, let's just let's just assume that as soon as she, she has a dick, first of all, but but if she didn't have a dick, if she if she had a full on transformation, uh, and she was a woman, she's only been doing it for like. Six months or something. How can how can she get twice as much done in half the time? They're always talking <laughs> she's about a dude. equal pay for equal work. <laughs> what the fuck? 
Now she's getting an award for like six months of man duty and suddenly she's the best? Bullshit. Bullshit. No. Maybe next year she could have like stepped her game up and like won some arm wrestling contests and I don't know what you have to do to be the man of the year, but or woman of the year. Which which I also saw that 4chan was was having a movement where they were voting for the opposite. They were voting Bruce Jenner as the woman of the year. <laughs> so there was there seemed to be quite a lot of votes going in so, that direction. So well. let's say that I adopt the gender rules that the kids are pushing now, right? Like if you're 16, you're like, well, gender is really a fluid thing. And you know, there's a spectrum of genders out there between guy and girl. And some people are, you know, gender neutral gender or fluid. gender fluid. Or I had queer. We had That's a, um, we had a, you know, what? I'm not going to identify the relationship at all, but I do know someone on earth who identified as gender fluid for a while. And, uh, it was just like, huh? I, I didn't even, I, I guess I'm not sure if I had even heard the term before, but, um, uh, I feel like an adult, I feel like it's far too early to be making, first of all, I wouldn't want to label imposed upon me in any case. Like, I don't, I don't know why everybody wants to label themselves as this or that. And, and there have to be so many confusing labels. Just be you. But second of all, I feel like adolescence is the worst time for you to be like, you know, you know when you go on vacation and they've got the little keychains that have your name on them, and you're like looking, Woody, 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 Woodrow. You have eight Woodrows and no, and no Woody. You know? <laughs> it's like that. And, but they're trying to pick a gender a, 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 out of this, and they're just like, well, I, gender fluid. Well, I, I like the sound of that. I could go either. Well, but that's I, it's kind of kind of demanding. It's kind of paint me into a corner. Let's keep moving here. Like, nah. Like, come on. It's you're too I, early to be. I'm fine with the gender thing, along the same lines I am with being gay. Right. Knock yourself out. This is a decision that you're making that doesn't seem to hurt anybody else. Labels, etc. I'm with you on the confusion. I feel like it hurts them. I feel like in the instance I, I just described, like like any you can label yourself however you want. It won't affect me. Yeah. In the slightest. Uh -huh. I just don't feel like it's healthy for them to be doing that to themselves. It's something they're self-imposing on themselves. It feels like. And I think I'm not completely. So this person I met, while very athletic, when I first met him, I. I had one of those girl or guy things because um, he had like a swimmer's body. So he was like fit, but not bulky, like extra manly, you know, just hairless and not a hair around a lot and um, blonde swimmer thing. <laughs> he was blonde. So like, you know, whatever hairs he did have weren't as pronounced as like, you know, like a, like what I think of as like an Italian sort of, you know, like guy's guy. Um, uh, and, and you know, whatever. And I looked at him and I was like, uh, dude, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then, the uh, skit, Pat, with the uh, androgynous uh, but, but, so, but very different than Pat, right? Because Pat was like chubby and... It was androgynous. That's the, she was androgynous, yeah, tell. yeah. But this was a, a very sort of sleek, you know, angular type of... You know, like, there's women like that, too. I can't think of any famous ones. And culture, you know, that, that Republican. Yeah. A little more muscular version of her. And also, he had long hair. I think his hair was down past his shoulders. Clark. Everyone is. Um, <laughs> so, and, and, and he had hair past his shoulders. And anyway... Gender fluid, knock yourself out. I don't care. You can identify as anything you want. But I will say this. So the adult version of me recognizes that I was straight early on, right? Like, I remember looking at um, my father had Playboy and Penthouse magazines under his bed. And he stored them over the refrigerator, too. I went through every inch of the house. And uh, 
um, I would look at the naked women and just like, I had a very serious interest in these naked women, you know, way too young to masturbate or anything like that. But it was like, I just I knew. like that. Yeah, I, I had it. Yeah, I like that. And um, anyway, fast forward to me at 17 and it was like, well, I don't I don't think I'm gay. Like, how do you know? Is there like a test to take or, or something? You know, I, I feel like if you're 17 assigning labels and stuff, as straight as I am. You weren't I, positive at 17. I, not 100%. Yeah, not 100%. Right, like yeah. you know, uh, you haven't lived enough life to really, be, really know if eh, maybe maybe I could be gender queer. You never know. I, I gave it thought. I remember this. I remember thinking, and I may have said this on the show a long time ago, but I remember thinking like, oh well, what would the like the mechanics be like? And I'm like, ah, oh, like big muscular lats and strong deltoids. You know, as like I'm thinking like a doggy style anal sex, like that's just not for me. You know, like that's not what I'm looking for. I. I I'd much rather have a woman like that. Well what, well, what if it was a very feminine man? What, what about that? I guess that, maybe I'm into twinks. I yeah. have to think it through. <laughs> we, I, I think we just need to I do hope, a little, little bit more research. You I don't be think more twink is offensive. You, you I, I probably said something really offensive there with twink. I don't I think have, so. No? I don't think so. No, I think it's corrected uh, for once, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I think that's all correct terminology. There. I, I, think, I think twink's appropriate. I, I think that's allowable. But, my, my issue with Caitlyn Jenner being elected woman of the year is not whether she's a woman or not. not I don't care. Penis, no penis, whatever. Six she's months. just not the woman of the year. She, just, she shouldn't be in the woman of the year contest. Her biggest accomplishment is being an ex-man. And I don't think that makes you woman of the year. There's someone out there. The Nobel Award for Science or Peace, one of those, was just awarded to a group of people. Um, I saw that, yeah. Was it the Nobel Peace Prize? You know, there are some who will say that Caitlyn Jenner deserves to be woman of the years uh, on, on the basis that what she did will lead the way for many others to be open about their inner woman and, and come out and, and also make the transition, I suppose. And while there is probably some truth to that, I don't feel, feel like woman of the year is the award you use to thank that contribution in particular. It just doesn't make sense. It'd be like giving her a World Series trophy. It just doesn't apply. Like, she didn't win a World Series, and those don't go to individuals, and okay. it just doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> so I did a little Google image search, and um, it appears that the Nobel Peace Prize this year went to three dudes and a woman. I would pick her way over Caitlyn Jenner. As woman of the year. As woman of the year. She, she won a Nobel Peace Prize this year. That's... I agree. Yeah, sure. There, there are, Whatever she did. There are probably millions of women. There's who, probably a female combat veteran who did something amazing this year in, you, in the armed services. You know? I, I just feel like, you know, being like switching from the patriarch to the matriarch of the Kardashians is not the thing that gets you to be woman of the year. I like that. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't get it. It just doesn't make any sense. There's no way. I don't, I don't feel like it, you could make it make any sense. Even if you were like, <laughs> even if, you're, if, if you're her, I don't know how you can justify it. Like, I'd like to hear Caitlyn Jenner explain this. Well, I mean, clearly, uh, you know, I got the dick and all. But <laughs> other than that, um, I wa you need to watch that show, by the way. It's called I'm Kate. Is it South Park we're talking about? No, her sh Caitlyn Jenner's reality show that's just her. Um, oh, 
Yeah. Kitty bought that shit on Amazon, and I like clicked in for like one episode and fast-forwarded till you know you got into the meat and potatoes part of the show. And I didn't want the intro bullshit. And like in the intro, she's all like super airbrushed and perfect angles, and the sun's reflecting at the right, and the shadows are cast perfectly. But you get into it, and she's a caricature of a human being, a real freak. And hmm. she's I just like Kim Kardashian comes to visit her at her house or wherever she stays now. And she's got this uh, this black girl with her who must have. I got the sense that the black girl was also famous, but I didn't recognize her. Maybe she's like an R and B singer or something like that. But she was gorgeous. She was much better looking than Amelia Clark. Much sexier too. If we're handing out sexiest, women everybody the, is the black girl that got brought over to uh, Caitlyn Jenner's house. Much sexier. She should get the award. But these two individuals uh, come over and they, they're all sitting at a bar talking to Caitlyn, and she's like, I don't know, they're snacking on some snack that women would have that's got no substance in it or whatever and they're just sitting there talking and and caitlin goes i just thought i'd get some tips about how to be more feminine (laughs) and the and they both kind of look at each other for a second and then and the black girl's like well you know one thing uh is you know the way you eat men watch the way you eat and it's important that you're very feminine and dainty and blah 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 and the way you eat and i'm just thinking like i just i'm just imagine bruce jenner with a turkey leg just (laughs) chomping away it, it 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 was just awful i watched about a minute of it and i was just cringing on the inside like I, it made me feel uncomfortable to watch and not from like some weird homophobic asshole kind of standpoint more from like this is kind of a freak show and they're exploiting it like i'm not sure what's what's going on here but like it shouldn't be a reality show it's uh it's a real fucking mess i highly suggest it if, if you want to take a look under the hood and see what's going on over there. I, uh, I'll have to check it out, I guess. Kitty, what's that show called? I'm Caitlin. I am Kate. I am Kate. With Maybe a C- C-A-I-T? I, I think, think so. it's C-A-I-T. Yeah, C-A-I-T. <sighs> so I'm thinking about doing the YouTube thing again. I, uh, I've been watching... T- <sighs> I, I've been told that every singer... Um, like, you know, it grows up imitating their favorite artist and then they eventually become their own artist, right? Like, you know, whatever, young, I wish I could do this, young Billy Joel did his chubby checker impression until eventually he became Billy Joel, not a chubby checker cover, whatever it would be. Maybe it was Elvis or something. And, um, uh, as I think about what's new, like there was a time when I was like, you know, I'm going to do Black Ops 3 videos. Like I'm going to get into that real hardcore, do a commentary, etc. I may do some of those, but... Um, I'd like to play some of the zombies. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, the other thing was um, I started really enjoying the Vlogbrothers stuff. I know you, I, you don't watch a ton of their stuff, but you have seen some. Uh, I was just like, like, they always seem to have substantive points i think i pronounced that right like they become well researched they're students of the world in the first place and then they make videos you know laying stuff out there you know is college worth the money refugee crisis uh whatever and um i i went through my john green phase at first Uh, at first like if it wasn't john i don't want to see it and then I went through my Hank phase, you know, if it's not Hank, because there's two of them, they're brothers. Then, I'm, you know, whatever, John's old news, I want to see my Hank stuff. And now I just enjoy them both. And, uh, hmm. and I think you'd say this is true, too. 
make the kind of videos that you like, right? You know, if you're, if I were to, for example, try to make PewDiePie my inspiration, I don't really watch PewDiePie videos. I don't have anything against him. You know, knock yourself out, PewDiePie. I don't see him doing any harm to anybody. And he's been successful, so great. Good for him. But I'm not his demo. I bet if he heard some 42-year-old guy in North Carolina didn't like his stuff, he'd be like, yeah, <laughs> it's not for you. And um, so rather than like try to make a Let's Play channel, which not really my cup of tea, I don't think, uh, I was like, I could make a Vlogbrothers style channel, you know, step up the production quality, bring in some lighting, etc., and give that a go. Or I could make a, um, the other thing I started watching this Casey Neinstadt guy, Nance, do you know how to pronounce his name? Did you catch it? I was that the guy who was, we watched we like three earlier? of his videos today. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't never did catch his video, uh, his, uh, his name. Um, I'm going to, if you're going to link if you're gonna link him or whatever, and if you're out there listening to this, uh, we determined that this guy is half Quentin Tarantino, half um, what was the other? Um, I don't want to join in your your, your he looks right, like well, somebody. Th what did me and Chiz say? <laughs> was the, it uh, really was. Oh, I, I did say a thing that I wouldn't Tarantino want to repeat in life. Uh, it was Tarantino. Sean Penn. Sean Penn. Half Tarantino, half, the other half Sean Penn. There's nothing mean about that. He just that's how he looks. Um, Wonderful. I, I'm horrible at pronouncing names, like if I don't know the word already, but I think it's Nystat. N-E-I-S-T-A-T. Neistat? N-E-I, like neighbor? Mm -hmm. I, it might Neistat. be Casey Neistat. And um, uh, somehow I just got like, I got semi-addicted to his videos. I watch him in these runs. And in particular, the editing. Um, in terms of like force of personality and stuff, he has it, but that's not why I watch it. Um, in terms of like what he's doing that day, it's interesting, but his videos compel me. Like I, I watch all his editing, editing decisions and he makes a million of them every video, right? Like he'll decide he wants to reinforce, reinforce a point. So he's got like three quarter inch thick pieces of wood painted white and, um, a marker, but it's a real thick, heavy marker. And when he shakes it, there's a ball in it, like a spray can paint. And he's like, shake a, shake a, shake a, shake a. And then he writes something out and you see him do it. And then in subsequent ones, he does like jump cuts and you can just see like the first word and then the bottom word, like instantly done. And, and there's a million cuts in it. There's a lot of editing decisions that he makes. And I find them fascinating. And, and something about just like the beautiful videography. They're jump cuts for your eyes. They're great. And, and um, there's something else. There's a, a lot of effort that he puts into it, and I like that. He does a lot of stuff in public, and I admire that. Have, have you ever vlogged in public? I don't care for that. Neither Everyone's do I. Everyone's wondering what, what's wrong with you if you're insane. Uh, you know, it's, it's embarrassing. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, if you're talking to a selfie stick on a cruise ship, which I've done a bunch of times, I feel like they all think you're a douche douchebag yeah they don't yeah they think you're making this to annoy your eight friends when you get back home from the trip they don't realize that there are going to be thousands of people who are going to see it i i it's it's, it's, it's a little weird because cause you, you want to be like yeah, i i i'm kind of famous don't, don't i'm not crazy yeah, yeah. Don't, don't anyway guys <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand if i do this i get like a hundred bucks <laughs> you know <laughs> you do it too there are people who care. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. That's what I wish I said. There are people who care. 
I'm not an idiot. There are people who think, I wonder what Woody's doing today. And that's who this is for. And, um, uh, but it's weird to do that in public. Yeah, you're like a doofus. Casey Cause, cause... seems to do it fearlessly. You know, he meets people in public that he doesn't know, strangers, and gets them laughing or whatever. And even if the clip is only two and a half seconds long, in his head anyway, he's like, ooh, I got something. I got to laugh. I got to think. And she gets in there. And um, I, I just, I, I like the way he conducts himself, and I like the way he puts his videos together, and he's inspired me. And um, I think, like, back to the, the vocalist analogy, everyone starts off imitating someone, and, and then they become themselves. Uh, who knows how this goes? The Casey stuff has really interested me. The the Vlogbrother stuff has really interested in me. Interested me. Maybe um, maybe I'll start with those as models and end up being Woody. I like this DIY stuff. I feel like I feel like that lends to your strong suits really well. Like like he but had that silly thing with the popsicle stick. I feel like you could do a much if you edited how to I don't know how to build an end table. Or like how to rep you know those ta those mm -hmm. dining tables that come apart and like go into different shapes like that one might be beyond me but yeah that's a really good one I uh, but yeah like it, Chiz was like he's a maker and I'm like he's a maker I wonder if I'm a maker and Chiz is like no you're not a you're maker. not a maker some people are makers and you're not one of them but I feel like I disagree with Chiz that guy is a micro maker um, he likes to spray paint sunglasses and make them his unique variant of them right it gets the ray-ban label he's, off and from he, what i saw he's a tinkerer okay uh, yeah like I he's like hey know. i accidentally put my mic on i'm sorry my finger on top of the mic which is located on the top of the camera and um so he put he he basically glued a popsicle stick to the top so that if his finger was on the popsicle stick one he'd just know through tactile feedback that it was near the mic and two it wouldn't cover the mic because now there's a ledge yeah and uh good idea if you have that particular model in particular i suppose it, sh it definitely fixed his issue it didn't seem worthy of a video to me but the, i mean it got editing, like a million views the editing drew me in like just the whole like watching him construct this seeing where he's going it was interesting i think to I myself, like the editing but i want to see it applied to something cooler uh, well what? I, what so back to the he's a micro tinkerer right he makes a video where he literally glues a piece of popsicle stick onto a camera i could make a video where i install a door you know, or doorknobs. I have to install doorknobs soon. It could be like, here's the thing, and then just like jump it around. And, you know, I, I don't know. That's kind of micro too. But I'm, like, putting, I'm building like a barn imager, right now. I like those imager albums that, that sort of um, show how a thing was built. I remember mm. my favorite one that I ever saw was someone took uh, an iPod, uh, the screen out of an iPod, and they made themselves an iPhone watch, basically. And they made the band. They, uh, he took a bunch of old gold jewelry that his wife had lying around, melted it all down cast it into the watch uh, body itself and then meticulously shapes it like a jeweler and by the end he had the uh, the guts stuck in there the guts of the iPod stuck into this gold that he had made and it, he had, it was all perfect and fancy and it looked like it looked better than anything you could buy and like I said he made the uh, the leather strap and everything and in the end he had something that everybody was like you have a solid gold iWatch that no one on the planet has it looks legit and I was just thinking like That'd be a cool video. Any of that. I like that stuff when they build a thing that's really never been built before. And it's usually that stuff seems it, that, it seems a lot like it's necessity is the mother of invention when it comes to that stuff. It's like I have a problem and I'm not going to the store. 
And, and when that happens, you get some cool stuff. So that one you talked about sounds great. I haven't seen it. Did we look at the one, I know Chiz and I did. I don't know if you and I did. It was like a month or two ago. Guy built a house. I think the person who was like sort of pimping the imager was the, a kid at the time. It but, took a long time, right? The whole family pitched in? Yes, and it was maybe 250 video, or, um, images. And, uh, it was like and over were, the course of years. I feel like the kids grew up a little, right? A little, yeah. And, and they were all captioned. And the dad was an engineer who just like, I think things didn't go well at work. And he's like, you know what? Let's start new. Let's go into the desert and build a house. And um, get our bunker and our ammo. They won't fuck with me again. <laughs> It, it, dude, the home was beautiful, and they didn't yeah. seem like crazies at all afterwards. They seemed like people you might want to emulate, and uh, not you. I'm not, not making criticism of you, uh, but like, no, I, I'll I'm, tell you, I'm, they. I'm, I'm saying you never. I was just do, doing that because you never know. <laughs> I, they partly inspired me to do the workshop thing and even the stable thing. It was like that guy. Remember when I yelled, "I'm an engineer. I can do anything." Yeah, that guy was an engineer, and uh, he he'd never built a house before or whatever. He was just like, dude. I solve problems for a living for two decades. If you think you can't figure out rafters, then you're nuts. And uh, what Anthony Hopkins said: uh, "What one man can do, another man can do." They kept saying it over and over. <laughs> he had read a book about people fighting bears and surviving in the wilderness. He's like, "What well, one man can do, another can do." And they just him and Alec Baldwin keep saying it to each other over and over yeah. as they're out there with their spears. <laughs> <laughs> But who was the other man they were following? I don't know. Like whoever wrote that survival book, I guess. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, um, uh, where did I get on this? Oh, oh. I do like the imager thing, uh, but that's just a hobby. I want to be pro about it. And, oh, I understand. But but that yeah. format, you know, like like I, I I I already like when things are built and and you know being able to flip through that imager thing and be like, oh yeah, step 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 step. And when it's and there's different. Some of them are well done and some aren't. If if they don't do the steps, we'll be like, oh, I kind of forgot to show the part where I welded everything together. Sorry. I'm just like, well, fuck. I don't even know if you migged or tigged. Come on. So when they're done well, I, I like watching stuff get built. Yeah, that's what we want to do at the workshop. We haven't done it with the stable, although maybe it's time to step up our game and maybe there'd be people who are really interested in like what happens today and uh, and they just see us go out there and put some sheathing up and et cetera. I'd like to, I'd like to see you build a, uh, a cannon, like a, a replica cannon, a black powder cannon, and your woodworking would allow you to build one of those fancy wooden carriages maybe. Mm -hmm. I know my dad's always fascinated when he sees wooden wheels that they, like the Amish make, and the way they, like, I guess they steam the wood and bend it to make the wheel and all that stuff. There's a couple ways um, they do it, but yeah, that's the good um, way. And, uh, and, you know, you can make a black powder cannon in your garage perfectly legally as long as it's black powder, nobody cares. You don't need a license or <clears throat> anything like that. I don't know. That's, that seems like kind of a Woody's Lab project. That would be interesting. I had another Woody's Lab idea just recently. Like, I need to do this for Woody's Lab. I forgot it. I should have wrote it down. I, huh. I used to have um, notebooks on my desk. And whenever I had, like, a video concept that I was like, don't lose this. I just write it down on paper. Never gets lost, etc. Um, But, yeah, that's... I. I don't know. I'm getting this bug to make videos. I'm, I'm, I went through a period where I didn't watch many YouTube videos. And, and um, like at one point, I kind of purposely didn't watch them, especially in the gaming space, because then all my ideas were really just do what I just saw. And, yeah. uh, and that's not good. And it was especially not good for me. Like heaven, I did a video where it was like Road to Woody's Wife. And I think it started off with my first girlfriend. And this guy, like, totally ran, like, 
dug into me and got all his subs to hate on me because he's like, I have a series called Firsts. The first time I do this, the first time I do that, the first time I do something else. And I talked about my first girlfriend. Woody talked about him. He's stealing from me. Fuck you. It's like, hey, hey, I'm talking about my first girlfriend, not yours. Yeah, when I start talking about your first boyfriend, you'll know I copied you. Yeah, you should make another video about, uh, actually about his girlfriend. (laughs) I did a little research, went online. Let's talk about his girlfriend. Don't want to copy him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i i and it, it's uh, oh john green john green left social media um he's the guy from vlog brothers and um uh i don't know if he's the main guy or if there even is a concept of a main guy at first i thought he was and then i went through my hank phase but anyway um he was he explained it he said look overwhelming majority of you are super positive and then those of you that have criticisms are typically super respectful. And I'm like, ah, that must be great. And uh, he's like, but there is a very tiny and vocal and persistent contingent of you that just spits venom every time I do or say anything. So I'm taking a break from social media. And this is like a week in. He's checking back. He's like, I really like it. It's been great not hearing those people. And um <clears throat> My wife reminds me, this is with regards to my relationship with Hope, like, you know, every little emotional withdrawal takes 30 deposits to make up for that. And uh, it's like, oh, that seems like a lot of work. That's a whole lot of deposits. (laughs) And uh, I, I, you know, people, so apparently his haters got to him for a little bit. He took a break from social media and I feel like I did the same, but I'm feeling done breaking. If breaking is a verb that could be used to mean rest. <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm done with this period of my YouTube career. And I wanted, I'm very excited about firing it up. I've got batteries charging up back there right now. <laughs> nice. So maybe we can film something tomorrow. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm interested to see what you film. Yeah, I have ideas. So. Uh, I uh, I have a gift here that, that you should see. This looks like... This reminds me a little bit of that time that you wanted to throw a Molotov cocktail at the uh, acetylene balloons or whatever. Uh, look at this. Okay, hang in there this one is, second. Uh, this is actually safer. <laughs> <laughs> I want to put on the big screen so that people can see it. I really need a dedicated PKN big screen, but here we go. Oh my, that's awesome. <laughs> ah, damn it. It's that's just gonna stay lit? Um until they can cap it off, I suppose. Why would he do that? I think it's so that the oil's not spraying into the air, so it's burning oh, up. Oh, okay, I see, yeah. It probably is like less pollutant being burned. I doubt it. <laughs> I, I I'm not real sure. Um Maybe he's a terrorist. I, okay, so Let's for the, the audio people listening, what, what you're seeing here is um, there's what looks to be like a blown oil well. I presume it's the Middle East because there's like five or six other burning oil wells in the background. Like maybe when Iraq left Kuwait and they like ruined every oil well they could find. Maybe this is from there. It's hard to tell. Ah, I know what this is now. I read. Um as to what this gif is, it's two Iraqis sabotaging one of the 650 wells that they set ablaze while retreating from Kuwait, which you just described. This is them doing that. Winner for Woody. Okay, yeah. so they've destroyed a well, 
and there's oil just gushing out at what I'm going to estimate is like a hundred gallons a second. PSI. Yeah, uh, it's something huge, and uh, and there's a like a spout of oil, two hundred feet in the air, and they take maybe a what do you think that is a lit Molotov cocktail? It's hard to really say. Something soaked in flammable fluid that they lit. And the had, guy's really good at throw. throwing shit because he seems to just casually throw this thing like 200 feet through the air. That's probably not the first one he lit that day. <laughs> yeah. Look how good he is at throwing things. Look at, he, look at, look at the burning wells in the background. Yeah. yeah. And, um, he, he and he throws too. it way up in the air where I guess the, the oil's a little more atomized. And it catches and it runs down the, the tube. and Stream? This The stream, yeah, until until they have a raging inferno that will be very difficult to put it's out. It's nice to see they're still wearing their hard hats, though. I like to see that. I mean, what if the union rep came by and saw them without hard hats on out there? Oh, if OSHA saw that, they'd be in big trouble. <laughs> that's so polluting. That's... that's. It, um, yeah. You ever see Jarhead? There's that scene where it starts basically raining oil on the guys, and they're just covered in oil. I have seen Jarhead. I don't remember the scene. Oh, man. That was a disaster. Yeah, there's something else. So, um, I went to the wrong thing. PKN. Um, yeah, so the debate started 15 minutes ago. I'm looking forward to seeing, like, like you said, it's going to be interesting to see Sanders talk policy and, and Hillary try to... I, I feel like Hillary's so schmarmy. Like she, she's always so uh, full of herself. I feel like she thinks she's charismatic and funny, and she's the opposite of charismatic and funny. I feel like she's so wooden and fake on the inside, and it's almost—it's like a doll with half a soul inside of it, like an episode of Supernatural. The, the guys from Supernatural, if, if they were real, they'd hunt Hillary Clinton down for sure. <laughs> yeah. they, 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 they'd be like, Skinwalker, clearly. Like, <laughs> you know, I... This is horrible for me to say, and I'm sure there's some Hillary fans out there. No, there's not, because this is the internet and that likes Bernie. But there's probably some Hillary fans out there that will hold this against me. I feel like, at least in part, my lack of affection for Hillary is somewhat related to how ugly she is. Now, she wasn't always ugly. I've seen young Hillary, and she was a yeah. pretty girl. Better than Amelia, whatever her name is. Honestly, she was. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Bill Clinton's a lad and he could have had anyone he wanted and he yeah, picked he raped Hillary. a lot of women throughout the years yeah and he and he picked hillary as his favorite subject for some time and um anyway but yeah i think because she's just a grandma that aged badly well I, she's in her 60s right like she's fat as fuck she's she's chunky yeah um i just don't like anything about her and her what her career has been um, I, I don't like that they like somehow like even though they're they were from like Arkansas I believe they she became a senator from New York and you know that just that whole thing seems so ridiculous it's like it seems like the Clintons just went up there and bought a congressional seat in fucking New York because they wanted to uh, it, she's not even from New York like like, like what is this shit uh, it, it happens she, a lot it's called carpet it, she was like bagging. hey there's an opening right here and wouldn't you like to be a senator from New York let's do that. Like that's totally what it felt like. It just went and grabbed a little power because they could. I don't. I don't care for her. Um, I. I. Uh, I. I know a lot of people look back on Clinton really fondly, um, and and I mean, real charismatic guy. And I liked how he handled uh, 
the armed forces throughout his tenure. But and uh, the economy her. was really strong under him. And he paid in. The economy was really strong under him, and the budget was under control. And he actually started paying down the national deficit, which no, he, he paid it off. Remember, uh, you know, surplus. Yeah, yeah. So he paid that annual thing off, but in the, right. the cumulative right. thing, he just took right. a chip out of it. Yeah. But um, the fact that we had a surplus, like there was debate. Shock. I remember I watched CNBC religiously at the time, right? Because it's like dot com boom, and and. Uh, there was debate over whether we were paying off the national debt too quickly. There's a lot of people like, they should give us tax breaks because there's no need to pay off the debt as fast as we are. Uh, now they don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> mm -mm. No, I've you know? never heard anything like that. Mm -mm. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see her uh, maybe get taken down or not. And I don't know any of the other candidates who will be on the stage tonight. Uh, you mentioned... Bernie Sanders and Jim Webb. Are the, I, I don't know if there's more than three. Okay. Those are well, the only ones I know. That's really interesting. Well, but, well I, I'm looking forward to seeing the thing. There's something uh, really interesting about debates, though, because they, on the debate stage, at least, for that period of time, they're all equals, right? Like, I feel like when the news is discussing Hillary, they're talking about a horse race that she's winning, you know? The one who's three leads, what are they called? Links. The one that's three links in front of the other horse is the cool horse that's the big horse that's the strong horse that's the important horse and it feels like when news covers politics it's always sort of on that uneven olympic platform of who's first second and third and you know when the guys from second and third are even trying to talk to the first one on the news they're looking up but on the debates they very carefully they're all equal and It'll be super interesting to see. Like, oh, Carly Farina did it, right? Carly Farina barely squeaked into the Republican debate. She was in the junior varsity one, the, the minor league one, the first Yeah, they round. changed the way they determined the, the, the debaters, uh, uh, the people who get, get on the stage, just so that she could be there. You know, they used, more, they used newer uh, polling data than they were going to use. I heard something about a change. I also think she managed to creep up a bit from her JV performance as well. And she was like 1%. She yeah. was like 1% or 2% or something like that. But that was enough. Um, but and, like, like they, they had, there were newer polls that had her higher than she used to be. And that was just enough to squeak by and be number 10 or 11 on the stage or whatever it may be. And then she gets on stage. And while I personally strongly disliked her performance, right? Every time she spoke... Like, I'm recognizing the Planned Parenthood lies. She's talking lies. about how she needs to cut the deficit at the same time she wants to start 30 wars. And I, she I hated... She wants a super army. Yeah, yeah. Navy and Marine Corps. Like, it was she was outrageous. Wild. Her, she had numbers. She was just, yeah, 35 battalions and 50 carrier groups. And I want a billion trillion submarines. And oh. I was like, whoa, whoa what? What? Yeah, Who yeah. are we fighting? Chill on the spending, woman. And, uh... <laughs> What did I say on PKA? Shut your cock holster. <laughs> yeah, you did say that. <laughs> so it's uh, <laughs> a great insult. And uh, um, anyway, but undeniably, you know, if you if you look three weeks later or two weeks later, and after the impact of the poll, uh, the debates hit the polls, she won. Right. You know, the, the, most people didn't have that response to her, and that's what matters. So she won the debates. Circling back to what I was saying before, equal platform. Even that 10th place Republican who barely squeaked in, 
was able to go toe-to-toe with Trump because there are no favorites during the debate. And this is an opportunity for Bernie to either smack down Hillary or show that he's not ready to debate with the big kids. Yeah, I, I, uh, I agree 100%. Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. I saw that uh, Trump is going to be on SNL November 7th, and I think that can only be funny. That's got to be funny with him on there. He's going to do great. What would you say, November? November 7th. I bet he kills it. One, like typically people like when Hillary did it. Yeah, she's not good at TV. She has Trump is literally a reality TV star. Mm -hmm. He is not going to be scared by cameras and and such. He will do a good job. His personality lends itself to it. He'll make fun of himself. He'll he'll go in there with the goal of humanizing himself and it will work. I hope they they do something with his with his hair. I hope, oh, I hope, you know uh, they're gonna. Yeah. I hope. I hope he. Uh, I, here's the skit I would put Trump in. He'd be an on-location weather reporter reporting on a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> the wind is outrageous. <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Class four hurricane. <laughs> I like, and just, <laughs> just been going to the side. <laughs> That's what I do. You'd have to do something like that. Um, I, I, and I feel like he'd be a good sport uh, about they that. They could sort do of thing. camera we'll cuts where, like, he's talking to someone. No, there's anchors at a desk. You know, like, it looks like it's getting really bad. And when they flip back to him, his hair just keeps getting longer and longer. And less. So first it's flabbing around and then it's flabbing <laughs> around. And then eventually his hair is going wild. <laughs> After a while, there's tiny animals clinging to it so they don't get blown away. <laughs> Yeah, because they have to escalate it, right? That's the nature yeah. of SNL skits. It would go that way. I saw that, um, I guess, Anthony Cumia called uh, SNL for stealing that whole bit from uh, the Canadian uh, skit-based comedy show. I saw Recently. that, and they looked really guilty. So yeah. the, both shows, the whole thing was pretty much a copy. The Canadian one was actually funnier. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess they're playing uh, Pictionary. And, you know, they go on the board and, and they're winning like some minor amount of money, both of them. And then for a million dollars, they have to draw this thing. And if they get it, they win both shows. And they go up there and the word to do is Mohammed. And apparently you can't draw Mohammed. Uh. And they're both like, I can't do it. I can't do it. Both of them. And then they run out of time and they guess Mohammed because that's the thing you can't draw. And they win both of them. This is a stolen skit. Yeah. Like. I get parallel thinking, right? I remember one day, me, Bendro, and T-Mart all released a video on how to kill the juggernaut, like what the most effective way to kill the juggernaut was. And um, they all accused us of copying. Well, they mostly accused me of copying those guys, (laughs) even though the timestamps didn't work or anything. And we all had different conclusions. Um, I think T-Mart said it was RPGs. I said it was like dual FNGs. And I forget what Bender said. It is the dual FNGs. That's the best way. I was right. Yeah, I, 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 I'm basing that solely on the fact that the math added up to the the dual FNGs doling out more punishment per second than anything else in the game, and being sustainable, quick reload, and you don't need some special unlock really after you got the dual FNGs. And we all had them. Yeah, that's and one of my things I liked about the dual FNGs was that you didn't have to like devote a class to it. Like they're a perfectly good secondary. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, you might not want to run with RPGs in your yeah. class all the time. You're giving up your secondary kind of. And uh, I, I walked away thinking I gave the best advice out of the three. But anyway, what I was getting to is 
it was parallel thinking. We all just kind of had the same idea. Um, but in that case, it was too similar. Parallel thinking is not a reasonable excuse. Someone saw it. Now, I will say, I can't think of a specific, but I have had this happen where like, maybe I saw someone's video that over time thought that idea was mine. Has that ever happened to you? Or like maybe you stole a joke and over time you think that like, oh, I came up with that on my own. And then you realize you didn't. I know how that can happen. I was yeah. um, I was talking to Taylor about, uh, we were actually talking about a joke and we both had a really similar uh, spin on this joke. I, I can't really say it or spoil a thing, but it's, yeah, we, we both came up with almost the exact same joke from, we, were, we, we both started at step one and we both got to a really similar joke by step two. So yeah, it can definitely happen easy. Yeah. Um, um, what was I but this say? was this was oh, just they just copied this. That led me to, so in the comments of that, someone said that Jeremy from Cinema Sins was calling out the Screen Junkies people. Are you familiar with this? Tell me more. Okay, so how much time do we have? We got a little bit. I'll tell the story. I watch both their channels. I like them both a lot. So apparently, Cinema Sins has been doing a thing where they hop in a car and then like two or four people drive to the movies and talk about what they expect, why they're excited, like, you know, how they're feeling going into the movie. And then movie happens, but for the viewer, it's just like a jump cut. And then they talk about how they feel having just seen the movie. Did they I like, like it? How it varies from their expectations, etc. I, I want to see these videos now. Okay. So they've been doing that for a while. And okay. there's even like proof that... Uh, Screen Junkies knew of it because they mentioned it a little bit in a collaborative video. Like sometimes they work together sometimes and stuff. Yeah, that's 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 why this struck me as odd. I was like, are you sure they're at odds? Because I I thought that they would like go on each other's channels and do like a special episode of what's you know everything wrong with it in thirty minutes. I feel like they've collabed a lot. I agree. So um, now oh oh and and then he sort of explained in his video where he was upset how cool it is to have an idea that works and uh you know maybe you know this i certainly do you do a thing and people like it and that's cool but you want to do another thing too and time after time after time that other thing just doesn't stick you know they don't like it they shoot it down etc and when you come up with the second idea that was as good as the first one that got you your audience in the first place it's great you know, it, people like what I'm doing. It's working for me. It's going to prolong the life of, of my, you know, tour on YouTube. And he was really happy about having this concept, the driving to and from the movies and have it been successful and well received by his fans. And um, then Screen Junkies did this. It's heavily sponsored by Prius. And their concept is they drive to the movie, they talk about it and their excitement and their feelings headed to the movie. And then they hop in the car again and they drive back and they uh, talk about it. I bet. See, this is one of those things where I wish that we could we knew as much about YouTubers as we do about movie stars. Because I bet with a little research, I bet they have like maybe the same uh, network that they're under. Which would mean that they would both have probably been pitched that, seri that Prius deal. And I, I bet that one of them was more expensive than the other. And that's what's happened here. I, um, I don't think that's the case. Because he was like surely they're sponsored by Prius like in his complaint video like it looks like they're heavily sponsored by Prius there's stuff in the description so he was making a very educated guess 
that they were sponsored by Prius, just like you can. Remember, we looked at someone's GoPro video, and you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. I don't think so. Um, so yeah, there's, uh, there's no link. I mean, it doesn't sound like he knew. It sounded like he all but knew. And um, yeah, that's what's going on there. And I also, would, it, because of the way they work, like it would be next to impossible for them not to know that he had this series on his channel and that they were duplicating it. Um, so he, well, you know, aside from, the, and there's the collab where they were in together and they knew about it. So anyway, uh, there was some drama there. But then, interestingly, he made a Facebook post or something more recently. And he was like, I really wish I hadn't made that video. I made it, I uploaded it. I aired out everything I was feeling at the time, but those feelings were kind of temporary. I, I didn't realize how much hurt and pain I was going to cause, how many of my fans would attack them for it. And, uh, See, and I never, I never believe anything at face value. I, like mm. he, what I, I got a whole conspiracy about what just went on just based on what you've told me. I think that their network, uh, came to the first channel, um, and said, hey, we want to do this series with Prius where you go and do your thing where you go to the movies, except now you're in a Prius and you mentioned a little. And they're like, okay, uh, $6,000 an episode. We'll do five episodes to start with. We want 15000 up front. And they're like, no! And then, then they just pitched it to their other uh, movie channel that's under their network, and they were like, oh, half that. And then, they, and then they just did it, and they went with them. And now I bet the network's telling channel number one, hey, Stop talking shit about channel number two. We sold some Prius shit here. And if you ever wanted that Prius money, you better make nice. I have my own theory. And it's a little more innocent. So maybe I'm naive. But I think channel two got a deal with Prius and pitched something they had seen before. Maybe semi-innocently thinking that it was an idea. But in real life, knowing it was inspired by them. Like, yeah, we can do this. We'll drive in the Prius to the movies. Watch it, come back, we'll drive in the Prius again, we'll get all sorts of shots of the hood ornament and whatever. And uh, they pitched that other guy's idea, stole it, so that they could get the Prius money as a way to integrate cars into a movie's uh, YouTube channel. And the first guy is like, hey, that's my idea stolen. And I think it's as simple as that. But they're actually friends and they've done lots of collaborative work over the last few years. So the guy who had his idea stolen just said, you know what? My relationship is more important than my sour grapes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I'm going to stick to my conspiracy theory. I, I think well, that he was told to to get rid of those sour grapes because it was it wasn't good for business. You know, it's also not good for business losing your collab. You know, like as you know, collabs can be good, right? You know, you get a sub, I get a sub, I get a sub, you get a sub. People grow like that together. Um, yeah. So what's the other channel? I'm, I'm sorry. It's Screen Junkies and what's the second channel? Cinema Sins. And Cinema Sins is the is one. Those, is the person who got robbed. And Screen Junkies, I think, is the person that has been making the series going forward. So Cinema Sins has 5 million subs and Screen Junkies has also 5 million. They're, they're both like neck and neck. Yeah. Like within it, 100K of each other. Yeah. And Cinema Sins has like these... Well, look to be pretty successful offshoots. Like there's brand sins and some other kind of sins. I've seen a lot of their Yeah, that's true. They do. And uh, so they've got like a thing growing. I don't know if Screen Junkies has other stuff as well, but uh, whatever. I, I, I like movies, but I don't find myself watching many YouTube-oriented movie people. I will watch Your Movie Sucks if I want to hate a movie. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah. he Something about his high expectations and sort of rapid delivery. Uh, I don't, he does, he's not as big as those other guys, but I like 
your movie sucks. I think he's collabed with at least one of them before, too. Um, I, I, I like that stuff. I stay on the movies subreddit a lot. Oh, speaking of that, mm. if, we're, if, if, we're, if we're done with this, I think they're... I'm looking at... I think they're in the same network. The two of them? I'm just... Adding credence yeah. to your theory. Anyway, um, I saw that um, The Hateful Eight, Quentin Tarantino's new movie that's coming up, uh, obviously he's a big proponent of using film, and in particular 70 millimeter film. Uh, and hit the version of the, uh, the Hateful Eight on 70 millimeter is going to be about six minutes longer, not including the 12-minute, uh, what do you call it, when there's a break in the middle and everybody gets up and goes to the bathroom? Intermission. Intermission. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be three hours and two minutes long, I think. And uh, I am lucky enough to have a 70-millimeter theater about 40 minutes from me in Buford, Georgia. There are only about... I know Tarantino like upped the number of them a while back. No, maybe it's Christopher Nolan. One of them like made sure there were a lot of... Uh, those those uh, seventy millimeter projectors out there for one of the releases I don't remember which, but uh, there's only like a hundred in the country. At one point it was eighty eight, not that long ago. So I'm gonna uh, definitely watch it in seventy millimeter. God it's damn it. uh, it's the highest resolution I think you can possibly get. Uh, definitely in the theater. Um, on IMAX uh, seventy millimeter. I'm googling how far away my closest seventy millimeter place is. And this is not going to be good news. I'm almost there. Dun, dun, they have a few inches. Four hours, 14 minutes away. Where is it? Right outside DC. Shit. Yeah. I'm fucked. I'm just not going to do that. It's an eight hour, eight and a half hour round trip. I think there, someone said that the scenes that were added were, were like really wide shots that lent themselves in particular to 70 millimeter. And if, uh, on digital you either wouldn't get the same effect or it'd be cropped or something like that and they just cut them out yeah quentin tarantino's a, a, a film guy as opposed to a digital guy and it's better for the viewer i digital's only better for the people making the movies it's easier to use but film's just better it's higher resolution digital can't match the resolution of film i don't know if film does like 60p and stuff i like the digital can just keep yeah just turn it up faster but that's hard right and there's like exposures and i don't know i'm that's not my area of expertise but from what i understand it's it's superior in all ways other than you know in production for the viewer uh, from what i understand uh film is just better and, and sometimes production can make for a better film like for example when you do something on film you don't know what you have right so you do like six scenes and you might think I think they were good. I think I, I think what I saw, I'm going to like. And then the next day, I th forget what they call them. It might be rough cuts, but I think it's something else. The next day, they view what they filmed, and uh, you know they pick which scene they want to use. But with digital, you can view what you filmed right on the spot and say, "Nah, keep going." And uh, you know that kind of production capability might make for a better movie, perhaps. I think when you got Tarantino there, he knows what he's looking at, though. Yeah, he's, I think he's figured out how to make good like, movies. Like the directors who are like, it, it's, it's him and Nolan in particular, the ones that come to, the, to my mind as, as the guys who are like super big into this fil into film and, and still using film, and especially 70 What's millimeter. Nolan's first name? Christopher. What has he made? Um, Interstellar recently, but um, that he was made on Batman. Film. Made the Batman movies, right? Okay. I, I mean, someone out there is hating me for this. Yeah, I know his name. Oh, I'm, I'm just drawing a blank right now. 
I don't know that uh, the Batman movies are on film. I don't know that for a fact. Mm. And, and know he, do you know, know that Interstellar IMAX. was on film? Yeah, that was in 70 millimeter. I watched that in 70 millimeter. It was so incredible. Yeah, I made a I made a point to go to that. Was Interstellar filmed on film? I. Uh, Christopher Nolan shows. I, I just, I'm surprised that it would because this is a, a thing that would require so much post. You'd think that that's it. What was Interstellar filmed on? An anamorphic 35 millimeter and IMAX 70 millimeter photographer. I just don't know that that means it does film because those could be sensor sizes. It's the size of the film. It was filmed on film. Yeah, you're right. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah, I would have guessed that. Uh, like the movies that require a lot of CGI, obviously what they do is they put them on film and then they transform it to be digital afterwards and then they can do all the work they need to in a digital format. Mm -mm. They do, they, yeah. But they would lose the resolution. They can't. That you're, it's going, that's why they had to get those 70 millimeter projectors at the theaters. They had to have a special projector to run the 70 millimeter film. They, they film it on film and then there's a machine that scans it and then they edit it in either you know Final Cut or... Um, nope, I the, just don't think that's true. Because you would lose the resolution if you if you if you went from film stock to digital, but you could you just can't do that. The way that you do it in the twenties would be to uh, some scissors. Yeah, literally some scissors tape. and tape and shit. Um, that's not how they're doing it. They're scanning in the film, putting it on digital, and then they're using what the hell is the program? How the Six stages. Is that what you're on too? Um, no, I'm on Wikipedia right now. I, I just don't. I don't know how it could be what you said because they would lose the, all the advantages of the film if they scanned it. It has to be. Otherwise, they can't do all those other things. Like, wasn't um, Wolf of Wall Street filmed on film? I don't know. Yeah, and then they did all that CGI afterwards. What was that camera? Did you say, is it Ultra Panavision? I didn't say that's not a, I'm not familiar with that Let's one. Let's see. Yeah. How do you edit 70 millimeter film? Man, I'm sure this makes for, for dull listening, but I really... I must have the answer. Must have the answer. You're going through film editing, technology. See, they keep talking about steps, like the editor's cut, the director's cut, etc. So, so they, I will say this. The, 
um, Interstellar weighed 600 pounds when hmm. it got to the theaters. It's 600 pounds of film. Uh, 49 reels. How to prepare uh, print for project? Uh, how to prepare print for projection? Interstellar print assembly. Yeah, avid. That's what I was looking for. Okay, so back in the day, uh, editors were precise. If they made a wrong cut, they needed a new print. It would cost them money to the lab to reprint the footage, etc. With the invention of a splicer and threaded machine, a viewer such as a moviola or flatbed machine, whatever, whatever, sped up a little bit. Today. Films are edited digitally on systems such as Avid, Final Cut, and Premiere Pro. They bypass the film-positive work print altogether. In the past, the use of a film-positive allowed the editor to do much editing as she wished without the risk of damaging the original. With digital editing, editors can experiment just as much as before with the footage completely transferred to a computer hard drive. Losing the original footage was only one computer crash away. Oh, is only a one computer crash away. So, yeah. they. Uh, I think that... Uh, all right, so I'm reading this now. Apparently what you just described, well, that is very true. That's just a different way to do it that a lot of people don't like now because you're losing the resolution. According to IMAX, 35mm film has a digital equivalent of 6,000 lines of horizontal resolution, 6K, while 70mm is 18,000 lines of resolution, 12K... Uh, heavy, loud, blah, 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 mounting system, camera rigs, point, 70 millimeter, idea for the dark night. Where is the, because I see here, let me link you to what I'm reading. Because maybe it's, uh, I think we should end the show, and then we'll go to the editor's subreddit, ask this question, and see what the people say there. They're people that right. work in Hollywood, and um, and they would know. Ooh, IMAX misconceptions. This is interesting. The current state of IMAX. I don't know. I can see some baseline. Hmm. Okay. Regardless of how a modern film is shot, it likely gets converted into a digital format for editing. A process called the digital intermediate. Most 35mm films go through either a 2K or 4K resolution intermediate process, then scaled back when printed on film for projection. That means the film unfortunately loses some of the original detail in the negative, but the process is necessary for color grading, grain reduction, and adding digital effects. Christopher Nolan actually cut some of the Dark Knight Rises from the original IMAX negative to retain all of its image quality. IMAX has its own proprietary... Uh, procedure called DMR, Digital Media Remastering, which is how 35mm films get upconverted to IMAX format. The vast majority of IMAX films that you see in IMAX screens today are DMR films. Wikipedia has a comprehensive list here. IMAX has been vague about the specifics of its DMR process. It's understood uh, to be constantly evolving. The blah, 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 blah. I, I, I think what we saw is some aspects of it that maybe didn't need digital editing, skip that step, maybe. But um, but by and large, I think they skin everything in because there's. It yeah, seems like there's hardly a scene nowadays that doesn't get. You know how westerns are kind of brown, and yeah. horror movies are kind of green, and you know like that color grading to give that consistent look across. Mad Max, 
filmed during the day they made it look like night that can only happen if you digitally you know adjust it so i'm and the other thing is like i i went through a phase where i had like a serious hardcore uh interest in this and i would sit there and just hang out on filmmaking sites and stuff all the time not that i've ever done this but i feel like it's the kind of thing i know i what i'm curious about is all right, so there's the intermediary process where it's it's scanned into digital. I see here additionally mm -hmm. several films have gone through a 6K DI. Actually, there isn't any new either. I'm wondering what the what the resolution is after the fact because clearly, you know, we can read right here how many lines of resolution the 70 millimeter film has, but what is being projected onto the screen? How many lines of resolution is that if it's been scanned into digital and then reformatted onto film? I'm wondering what the what the quality loss is there versus just projecting 70 millimeter film. Like you take your gigantic 70 millimeter camera, film a scene, and then what if you just unreeled it, put it on the reel, and shot it on the screen? What's the difference between that? Um, it's technologically just speaking, film and, not being digital, obviously, doesn't. You can only estimate what its equivalent would be in terms of resolution, right? Like it's analog it's it's there isn't like a digital there aren't vertical lines on film it's just a picture and what happens is like how much how tight that picture is what its level of perfection is gets limited by things like how perfect and clean the lens was while it was taken how focused it was how like um, what's the digital equivalent i guess i mean it's yeah the best way to right the, the digital equivalent of how ideal that was and it, it's, I bet it varies by frame, you know, like if, if I were to film, say snow, then it's just white and lost and the digital equivalent could be like replicated in 480p. And if I were to film ocean with ripples on it, well, shucks, you know, that might be something that's very hard to take over into digital without it being messed up. I don't know enough about this to know, but I, I, I yeah. still stand by the film is definitely the, the better viewing experience. It just has to be based on these numbers alone. Um, I mean, even if you lose 50% when you go and you don't, even if you lost 50% of your resolution when you went from 70 millimeter to the digital scanning uh, intermedi intermediary process and then back to film, it still had more resolution than, than any 1080p I, system. I feel like or my level of expertise in this is that of a football fan right? Do I know what a player knows? No, but this is something that I really follow. And um, there is a debate. Some people think that the people who advocate for film like Tarantino and apparently Nolan are stuck and don't want to learn new skills. And some people think that film is actually better and there's debate over it. How could it not be? How could it not be? Yeah. Um, shit. What in particular? I mean, film it has drawbacks. But as it, there are more hiccups you can run into, definitely. But if it, under ideal situations, if you just stay there until you get the job done, like, I mean, these movies that are quarter billion dollar movies, if you just do a good job with film versus doing a good job with digital, I feel like your end product is just better if you start okay. with film. For example, so as you know, every frame of a film or digital uh, is just capturing the light, right? And the three things that impact that light capture are the length of the exposure, the opening of the aperture, right? The size, you know, but the size of the hole that, that lets the light into the camera, the length of exposure, the aperture, and the shutter speed. Now, the digital sensor 
can be practically fucking magic that sees in the dark and captures light that is barely there, like night vision, right? Whereas film, they haven't been able to make that as sensitive to low light conditions as digital is. That's one example where digital beats film in terms of how sensitive it can be and how well it films low light conditions. Uh, where, where digital is stronger is, I, I guess there was a time when it had better resolution because there's really no limits to it. Like it just, it, what shines in, it gets. Whereas, you know, like on, <laughs> if you could picture grid paper, that's a sensor, right? And that grid paper, there's 22 million little boxes on there that it's capturing and it makes it look pretty smooth, but you know, the, the film equivalent is not a grid at all. So, so that's good, but they both have their pros and cons and I'm not good enough to list all of them. Which yeah, I'm saying when it comes to shooting in low light conditions, digital image sensors easily take the cake. Hmm. Cake film can usually be found available in speeds of 100 to 3200. All of 6400 film does exist. Uh, blah, 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 blah. High ISO, cost and convenience. High ISO in the digital world now is about 128,000. Let's see. 409,000 on the, it says the Nikon D4 can shoot 409,000. I'd like to um, see it. Like, cause I know, I think the Canon had 256,000, but you wouldn't use it. Um, 409,000 might be grainy garbage, but still 6, we're comparing it to what? 3,200, 6,400. It's, it's not even close. Yeah. I'm looking through here. I, I think, um, I just think you're going to get a better picture from, from what I'm reading here, even I, this digital noise, film grain. <laughs> hmm. Well, interesting. I, I still I, post that thing on the subreddit anyway. I'd like because because my main um, your main interest my, is whether it ever spends any time in digital. And when it goes to digital, like let's say, okay, so I, they're shooting something like. Um, 12k you know if you were to sh if you were to just project the film presumably it's the equivalent of 12k but we're going to go through this intermediary digital uh process in the middle there what uh what effect does that have on the final product we were going to have 12k what are we actually getting more like 8k 9k at the end i think that's the case hmm. which still is above and beyond what you're going to get with you're not going to get a 72 foot wide digital screen that's going to shoot that's going to be 8k yeah, I think the top end digital stuff is like 12K right now. Um, it's the Snapdragon. What is that? Snapdragon resolution. I think I spelled it wrong. Yeah. I think it's the Snapdragon. What is 4K Ultra HD? Wait, I would, it said 4K. <laughs> Maybe it's not the Snapdragon. Maybe I'm out of date on that. Um, and that says Qualcomm. I'm messing it up. Um, red camera. Oh, wow. Resolution. Oh, wow. What'd you learn? Uh, there, this, this screen is 83 feet wide. Hmm. This can't be their top one. 
And I, I think we should let the viewers go while we quietly, quietly Google our debate. Um, yeah, probably so. But, this may uh, take some research and an expert or two to yeah. nail down. This one, 6K. But I think they go higher than that. Anyway, um, so that was Painkiller Nearly. Uh, tune in later to see who's right about digital editing or something. Yeah, so, whatever this is. Yeah, and let's go check out the debates. All right. Yeah, I'm going to go do that now. All right, All right. bye. Catch you later. See you.